you are the podcast master. Hey, everybody. First things first, I hope you and your family and everybody you know is safe and warm. There is some crazy, crazy winter weather happening right now. So hope everybody is bundled up warm and uh, about to get through this because the sun is about to start shining. That winter weather is actually what led to this episode of the podcast. Uh, A little bit of a backstory really quick. My genius way of thinking knew there was winter weather coming through Tulsa. I knew the airports were going to get shut down. So I thought I will drive from Delaware, Oklahoma to Del Rio, Texas. Then when Tulsa Airport gets shut down, I'll be stranded in Texas, but it's okay because I'll be able to drive from Del Rio to Pecos. Simple enough? Not so quickly. Uh, Halfway through the PBR in Del Rio, after the first performance, get a note that says we're not going to continue because of the winter weather. We are going to postpone that second day of Del Rio, and we'll pick it up later on in the month. So my thought is I'll drive and see my buddies at San Antonio, watch a couple of performances of the rodeo, and then head to Pecos. Again, not so fast because after being here for a couple of days, get a note that says Pecos is now canceled, and uh, good luck getting home. Stranded in San Antonio, No way to get back to Oklahoma because the roads are just absolutely terrible. Good news is, got a lot of really good friends here in San Antonio, and uh, I actually got to do a podcast that I've always kind of wanted to do and never really had the time because those of you that know my guest here this week, Wayne Brooks, National Finals Rodeo Announcer, Pro Rodeo Announcer of the Year, guy that I get to see in Calgary the few times I've been up there, and I really don't get to cross paths with very often. The other guest this week is a Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, inducted back in 2017, has announced the National Finals Rodeo, has been the voice of some of the biggest rodeos across the country, Randy Corley. I don't get to cross paths with these guys often enough, so... As fate would have it, we're all stuck in San Antonio, and they were gracious enough to sit down and talk a little bit about the business and about the current events and and just about how they got started. There's so many announcers that reach out to me on social media and ask, you know, the beginning stages of my career and how I got started and people that are truly interested in this career path and what better way to continue to kind of encourage people than to sit down with two of the guys that have some incredible careers. And I mean, I'm talking about guys that have resumes that most people that do what we do could only dream about. And I'm very fortunate to call them friends. Very fortunate that they took the time to uh, sit down and, and have a little chat with little old me. So Wayne Brooks, Randy Corley, my guests on this episode, Brad Narducci hanging out as well, music guy here at San Antonio. They actually had a couple of performances postponed and pushed back, so it gave us a little bit more time to sit down and visit. And I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think you guys will as well. If you're a fan of Pro Rodeo, I guarantee that you have heard their voices somewhere down the line. Um, again, just just two guys with incredible resumes. But Before we get started, I want to tell you about my friends at Beck's Sunglasses, and if you haven't already, make sure you cruise over to beckssunglasses.com, and when you do, make sure you use the code MATT, that's M-A-T-T, before you check out. We'll save you a little bit of money there on sunglasses because, I don't know if you realize it or not, but the sun is coming back out. Summer's around the corner, but even in the snow, my eyes hurt, so I'm still in a winter weather storm rocking my Beck sunglasses, and I think you should too. So use the code MATT, M-A-T-T, when you log on to BeckSunglasses.com. That's B-E-X Sunglasses.com. Also, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about the gym, WestFitGym.com. Make sure you use the code West. Now we're going to save you some money there as well. Your Leroy t-shirts, hoodies, uh, getting ready to restock a whole bunch of stuff. So some of the stuff will not return. So if there's something on westfitgym.com that you like, snag it up right now because there's a really good chance that it is going to be gone forever. New stuff coming, though, so make sure you keep logging on. Uh, make sure you follow the gym as well, at westfitok on Instagram and Facebook. If you're not already, make sure you're following me, at Matt L. West. I thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Let me know what you think. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you give us a five-star rating, and make sure you leave a comment and and. Genuinely, if you like it, if you don't like it, I don't care. 
but I do care that you tell me so that we can continue to make this podcast better and better every week. So sit back, relax, or if you're driving, fasten your seatbelt, get ready, and uh, enjoy this episode. These are some really, really talented guys. Here's my conversation with uh, Wayne Brooks, Randy Corley, and a little bit of Brad Narducci. All right, so Brad's going to help us, but let's go around the room. Randy, how many time announcer of the year? Twelve. Twelve. Wayne? Five times. So between the three of us, 17 <laughs> announcer of the year buckles. There you go. There you go. And this, this, is as, this is as close to being a pro rodeo announcer of the year that I'll ever be. So thank you, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Wayne, for opening up your home. Oh, absolutely. Nice, Glad to have you. Nice little spot you got here. Glad to have you. I wish that our weather was a little bit better here in San Antonio for you. Is this not the damnedest thing? Oh, my God. The last, the last 12 months, is it not the damnedest thing that's, that's happened to our careers, probably? I, you know, I've been down here 25, six years. Never has it been anything near this. It's it's you don't amazing. expect it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're talking about a, a complete shutdown in the state of Texas, every single county. Yeah. Well, I think it's green power. You know, all the grids and everything have shut down. So much for the you know, we'd be opening up the uh, pipeline again here. Pretty don't quick. get me started. Don't <laughs> get me started. I've been dying to talk politics, and my fiance, if I turn the news on or start talking politics, she'll go in the other room. Yeah. She she does not want me to get wound up, but we've relied on that shit our whole lives. I mean, now all of a sudden things aren't working, and what do we go back to? We go back to the old faithful. Well, and see what they'll tell you, too. You'll go, well, so much for your global warming. Right. Uh, but then they tell you it works in the reverse, right? too. They'll yeah. change it. I, I oh, mean, yeah. Their story people is People will what change. It it's yeah. kind of like a rodeo announcer a lot of times. It it's is. It's not working the way it's, it's supposed to. We'll just change the story. That's right. That's what... Uh, uh, you know the old saying: "Don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story." Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. We've we've all worked with those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We know who those well, guys are. <laughs> when you encompass the last twelve months, like you said just a second ago, uh, you know, gosh, I just feel terrible for the folks here because they kind of are one of the first to jump mm-hmm. ahead, kind of beat the COVID deal, kind of jump through all the hoops, jump through over all the hurdles. Yay! Here we go. Everything's great, and then this this once Weather. in a hundred year snowstorm ice storm so i feel bad for them i hope they get to move forward and they will get some people and in there flourish you bet because they're going to persevere bet. and they're going to keep pushing forward they're not going to tuck their tail and go the opposite direction yep. well and i think they're going to be a pretty good standard for some other rodeos that are thinking about it or which way they should go hey look look what they did and did it under even worse conditions than anybody else will probably ever have to work with well you think about yeah. it you know everybody's always told us growing up and when we started working and you get discouraged they say look nothing in life ever that is worth having is going to come easy and i feel like our entire industry is dealing with that over and over and over but i feel like for me it's such a positive experience because the cowboys ain't slowing down the rodeos are, are doing their damnedest to get back in gear and i feel like our industry as a whole continues to try to just keep pushing forward and, and keep knocking the door down so i don't know you like some places you've been and seen right like and i'll bring up some good places like pretty prairie kansas uh you know on on the average night we'll have four bareback riders uh maybe eight bull riders i mean it's a great four of the greatest days and people come from hutchison and come out of wichita and all around and they'll have they'll fill their grandstands four nights in a row and then they have a huge dance after Mm -hmm. well with nowhere to go they had slack for like a day and a half they'd never had they had like 45 minutes of slack at the best they've ever had and uh it just i mean it just it's unreal to see those kind of numbers and then still had a two two hour plus rodeo full of cowboys well at the end of the day our industry is so unique comparative to any other sport obviously we know that or or any other you know job really when you think about it because our guys gals they have to keep going up and down the road and and whatever opens the doors they've got to be there to try to make a they go they go it's totally different than people that are you know still earning a check sitting in in an office and that's what drives me nuts is it's easy to look at it from your perspective but let's look at the thing as a whole we've got an entire industry that needs to work yeah, there's so many different ways to look at it. All Absolutely. people involved, from cowboys to contractors to contract yep. personnel to, and you know the thing, uh, 
a year ago, the first one that we had together that shut down, we left here, went to Austin, mm-hmm. did rehearsals, did all of the walkthroughs and all of that. And then the day before we started, we had to shut it down. Right. Never did do it. And I felt probably as bad for the people who count on that that sell popcorn or, or the, you know, the guys that have the job of carrying the Coca-Colas or the beer around the auditorium and yep. selling it because they were out, you know, for 15 days worth of work that they yeah. count on. Well, and, and I think, and, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but Wayne, you and I were just talking about the RV park that you've, you know, invested in. And I feel like all four of us have been very, very blessed in our careers to be able to endure little moments like this, but we've also set ourselves up for more success. We've invested in different things. We've done things to try to continue to grow. And not everybody has had that luxury. There's a lot of people that depend on, like you say, selling the popcorn. There's yep. a lot of people that depend on every single performance and every single day to put food on their table. It's just been uh, <clears throat> an eye-opener, and I think that I certainly have this attitude, and I think ooh, lots of other people do now, too. Uh, we're not going to get caught like this again. Right. I mean, that. I think that's a pretty good attitude across the board where – uh, you know, gosh, we saw 20 years of just rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Just go as fast as you can go and uh, get to as many events as you can get, and make some money and put it in the bank, buy some stuff and keep on rolling and buy some new stuff. And uh, holy cow, yeah. this has been quite an eye-opener. And so there lies the next question, uh, is COVID-20 around the corner? Or XYZ, no. whatever, you yeah. know. yeah. There's always going to be something. Oh, yeah. I, I really there is. we and live there in a society, there's always going to be something. And you can, just you can look back in history, yep. uh, and it's always been something. And you can and look a lot further will. back than the rest of us. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 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 nice of you to bring that up, man. Appreciate it. Uh, but no, it's – and we are a country that survives. Yeah. And we're in a business that's made of survival people. Yep. The Western way of life is, uh, is pretty awesome yep. uh, to stand up. And, and go forward with situations that a lot of other people don't go forward with. You know, we didn't sit around afraid to go out into uh, public, yep. you know, and I didn't see anything wrong with wearing a mask, right. uh, especially in a polite manner. I had the COVID early on, mm-hmm. and I, I was in good shape. I have a doctor, a friend of mine uh, in, in Raleigh, California, that sits on the national board. Yeah. And he goes, Randy, you don't need to wear a mask. Right. And I said, I know, but it, it makes other people more comfortable if you're in a crowd, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you don't know. They don't know everything about COVID yet, you know. Yeah. And and uh, if you can get it a second time or I hear people say that they've heard of somebody who did. I don't know of anybody that truly knows anybody that has. Right. But uh, maybe you do. I don't know anybody mm-hmm. uh, for any of you. But it's it's you just there's nothing wrong if you're going to air. Err on the side of uh, precaution, taking that, and and if it does good, good, and if it doesn't, you didn't hurt yourself. Yeah, my thing was my thing was, uh, I'm 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 not a guy that wears a mask on my day to day life when I'm right. at home. Right. If it will allow me to get back to work, you damn right I will all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about something completely different. Let's go to to a positive, Wayne. <laughs> National Finals Rodeo. Everybody was like, well, it was just so different or this and that. I was, Wayne, I've never been so happy to buy a ticket to watch a performance of a rodeo in my life other than knowing that those guys and gals had worked all year to accomplish a goal and they got to do it. I didn't care if it was in a baseball stadium. I didn't care if it was in a bar parking lot. I didn't care if it was at somebody's ranch. They got to continue to fulfill those dreams. I, as a rodeo fan, I've never been more excited to finish a season. You? Yeah. Oh, same way. Absolutely. <clears throat> and and to brag on everybody that was surrounded that event. Uh, you know, I think it it proves that it can happen somewhere else, that it can be put together somewhere else. Is uh, Vegas its home for thirty years and and a natural fit and a wonderful place to be? Absolutely. But uh, they did a great job up there. I mean, the atmosphere is different. That's a big old barn now. Yeah. Lots of seats and uh, sound was tough. You know, I know the sound, the house sound guy was just working nonstop 24 hours a day for 10 days in a row trying to get everything right. And But uh, gosh, it came off so good. And 
lots of people showed up and lots of shopping was done and i talked to several vendors that was in cowboy christmas that had uh, as good or better a year in arlington and fort worth than they did in in las vegas so gosh uh it just came out all great and i think all of us probably everybody in this room thought eh, it ain't gonna be very good it was it, it was, was good it was awesome <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like i absolutely enjoyed it randy speaking of the nfr how bad do you hate working with Flint for 10 days in a row? I mean, I, I have to do it every weekend, so I feel your pain, buddy. I, I completely understand. It, you know, our first night was was quite a thing there when we went over to Texas Live. Mm-hmm. First off, we were going to start at 1030. Uh, we got over there. It was about 5 to 10, so we had 30 minutes or so to go over what we were going to do. We walk in. They said, you're on in two minutes. They changed the, they changed the start time. You know, and they, they were handing us mics and sending us out there on the go. stage. Yeah. And they didn't have our little IFBs hooked up. Right. Uh, we couldn't hear what they wanted. And and uh, it was a pretty tough deal. Flint uh, Flint was kind of, you know, I thought I was going to have to put a choke collar on him. <laughs> he was stomping around up there. But, you know, I thought he had reason to be, too. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. Uh, and that was cool. Uh, watching getting to see that on television, getting to see all of the different coverage with the Cowboy Channel and RFD and, and everybody. And I felt like, you know, if people couldn't be there in the numbers that they typically are in Las Vegas, right, right, the industry as a whole still got more exposure. Yeah. And that's what we need. At the end of the day, we need more and more eyeballs to keep this thing going. Well, a lot of people watched it. Uh, number one, it was live. Yep. You know, so they got to see that part of it. And then they and they stayed right there and watched a lot of people watch the uh, Buckle Award ceremony, the South Point Buckle Award ceremony. Yep. Little plug right there. there it's you okay. Go. <laughs> uh, thank you to Michael and Polygon. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it, you, we would get texts every night, mm-hmm. hear from people that watched it and, and enjoyed what the Cowboys had to say. We really thought we got in trouble. Uh, the f- first night. I think we had two people. They split the steer wrestling around one, three ways. Um, then a couple of the guys won the next night mm-hmm. that had done that. Sorry, we're we're in the middle of uh, yeah. trying to find Wayne's phone. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I didn't want it to ring. That's what I was looking for it for. Is that? Is Did that? Did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, so we're, uh, we're looking. We're looking for Brooks. He's trying to be so quiet and professional, and trying to find his phone. So I just, I kind of pick up on it. I call, oh, and I'll be damned if Corley doesn't have well, it in I didn't his pocket. Think, I didn't think it was mine because that's not the sound mine makes. Why are you taking my phone? I was going to change it all to an Oriental language. So when you opened it up, you had the little marks and stuff. We did that. Other we, did, dude? we did. We did that one time, and the bad part is you cannot read how to unchange it. <laughs> but anyway, the, there was back back to the NFR. Yeah, uh, I I was real impressed. Uh, you know, a salute to the state of Texas, to Arlington, Absolutely. everybody that put all of that together. Uh, it was great. Personally. I'm a Las Vegas man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we all are. And 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 I've had a lot of Cowboys go, you know, it was great. We got to compete. We got to win titles. You bet. You bet. They said, but boy, there's just nothing like the Thomas and Mac where everybody's right on top of you. Well, and the entire city. Yeah. Yeah. The city turns in. You know, you, you've, you've got to, again, I appreciate. And for this year, I was a Texas guy. I was an Arlington guy. Yep. But on Monday morning, I was ready to go back to Vegas. I think we all were. Um, I think so. But like you said, appreciate the state of Texas. The state of Texas has certainly helped us keep this industry alive. They they really have. In multiple ways. You know, we had the PBR finals there. We had the NFR there. Um, They've really kind of helped us keep keep things rolling. And so as bad as I want to talk crap on Texans, it's kind of hard to. (laughs) It's kind of hard to right now. Where else where we spend some time, too, is uh, the Dakotas. Absolutely. (laughs) Holy cow. Uh, You know, they had that. Uh, South Dakota governor there at the NFR and had her introduced and what have you. And we just had her in Rapid City here a couple weeks ago. And she touched my leg. Just I brings the house her. down. Oh. Brad has a special yeah. relationship with her. Yeah, I love her. Corley was there. He's seen it. <laughs> hey, let's just let's just all say what we're thinking. 
Christy Noem's a badass. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, I told her when she is. We got done at Deadwood. She came back up to talk to Brad and I for a minute, mm-hmm. and I said, "Christy, I just want you to know something. Four years, you decide to run. I guarantee you one vote. Just because she's a pretty straightforward person, big time. And I'm okay yeah. with that. We don't always have to agree. Just be that person 100 yep. percent of the time. Yep. And do what you think is right. I begged her, please, please. <laughs> yeah. And and her answer is always, my husband didn't sign up for that. I said, I don't care. We can get you a new one of those. <laughs> yeah. I promise you. There's a bunch of them waiting in line. Just, I'm not asking you if he signed up for it. I'm asking you to to take over because they've done things. They've they've kept their state open. You know, Florida's the same way. They've kept their state open. Um, their economy continues to flourish, and uh, things seem to be rolling pretty good. But I didn't want to sit here and talk about COVID and all this stuff the whole time. I wanted to, to yeah. actually get into it. Let's start with you, Wayne. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. If, I know this is like the standard question for everybody, but how'd you get into announcing? Oh, I was the best three-second bareback rider in the world <laughs> and uh, loved it. You know, it's like, you know, why do you become a, a pilot to fly the fast jets right. and have fun? Right. And bareback riding was great fun, but I was, you know... You just got to be good at it. Yeah, you just got to be in the top four or five percentile physical fitness wise. I really like Matt. He's pretty honest. Well, you just weren't any good at it. True story. Around the bush. I mean, that's how that's how most people end up where they are. They realize that they're not great at something else, and then you know what? Kind of got a knack for this. Yep, yep. You bet. You know, a guy didn't show up, but a little practice deal outside of Phoenix one night, and the uh, stock contractor's wife was walking around Crystal Brothers out of Idaho, walking around listening to everybody talk. And she said, hey, why don't you announce our deal for us tonight, and I'll give you a free practice horse next week. That's where we practiced. Really? And I said, well, I've never done it. Don't know what I'm doing. She said, you'll be fine. And that's where it began. Really? And then, you know, I got my first call to do a high school rodeo or a college rodeo, and it paid 100 bucks. And I thought, holy crap, I didn't even know people got paid for this. No, I did. Didn't know that. It's right. uh, it's worked really well since then. Yeah, absolutely. Just get Talent. to hang out with my buddies and still be in the business. And isn't it crazy? Oh, love it. I love it. Love it. Every time the business side of things start to fog my clarity, sometimes I realize just how dadgum lucky we are, and I have to I have to stop and think. Now, don't get me wrong; it's still a business, but at the end of the day, I think, man, how stinking blessed am I that I get to hang out with my buddies and just go hang around people that like like this? Honestly. I mean, this is one of the coolest things for me to sit here with you guys, even Brad included. Uh, <laughs> even Brad. But it, but it really is because I'm I'm such a fan and I'm such a fan of, of rodeo and our personalities. And and so I get to do this shit for a living and it blows my mind. That That's an awesome thing to get to do. It yeah, is. It really is. You know. What about you? Uh, a little like Wayne. I, I did ride bareback horses mm-hmm. and I rode bulls. The first one ever. What? First bareback horse ever. No, no, ever. no, not quite that far back. Had to bear it. Had to bear it. Had to bear it. Rode bareback horses long before oh, I yeah. did. <laughs> and that's funny. I never knew Hadley Barrett when I started. Really? Uh, yeah. But uh, which I was a, a lot of yep. people, new listeners, tell us the tie in there. Hadley Hadley Barrett is my father-in-law. Was my father-in-law? Still is. Uh, just he's waiting in heaven and an incredible, that's my thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he had a band. Yeah. That band. I mean, he was a big thing. He, he was on the cutting edge of maybe going to Nashville. He picked between rodeo and Nashville. He didn't like the politics of what the music business even back then had to offer. Yep. Uh, but I was in Cody, Wyoming and I had a hat store with world champion bareback writer, Jim Houston. Mm Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get the guy at the radio station to cut the ads for our open house the way he wanted. And he finally got up, or the way I wanted. And he goes, why don't you sit down and do them? So I did. And they were playing on the radio. Jim Ivory, who was a national finals bareback rider. There were a lot of cowboys up there at that time. Come down. He said, you know what? You ought to, uh, you ought to announce rodeos. He said, you sound good. Probably what sparked it. Yeah. Okay, so then I decided I'd go to work in radio. And uh, I went to broadcast school out in Seattle, Washington. Left there knowing full well Bill Smith, three-time world champion bronc rider, was going to start a nightly rodeo in North Platte. So I, uh, while everybody's trying to get a job in the suburbs around Seattle, mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem getting a job. I got a hold of a station in Broken Bow, Nebraska. <laughs> They'd love to have you, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
And I went there. It's like 60 miles, 70 miles from North Platte. So I was through the winter over Christmas and into the summer. And Bill Smith called me, knew I was there, Mm -hmm. and asked if I'd come down and do the nightly rodeo. He started a nightly rodeo there. So, and I'm that, you know, that's kind of what my thoughts were. So I left that radio station, Casey and I, Broken Bow, went down to KODY, North Platte, Nebraska, did weekends. And that summer did that rodeo. We did like 62 nights in a row. Huh. And then he came back and he did it again the next year. But uh, a couple of people that competed there, Trent Barrett was a uh, calf roper and bull rider. And uh, a girl by the name of Michelle Barrett was a barrel racer there. Mm -hmm. In fact, she won the year end at the deal. But uh, I got to know them. They talked Hadley into coming to listen to me. And like I said, I I didn't know really who Hadley Barrett was. And he was big then. And uh, he came out and listened to me and came back out. I knew he was coming that one night. Then he came, snuck back out. He was in getting some parts for a tractor. Stayed in town. Came and listened again. And he called me the next day and said, would you be interested in getting a card? Mm-hmm. in the uh, RCA. Right about the time it went to the PRC. Right, right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, wasn't like I was with the dinosaurs here. <laughs> so I did, and here is the situation as it was. He had, Hadley had three kids. He had a daughter named Kim. Mm-hmm. Trent was the oldest. Kim was the youngest. Michelle was the middle girl. And he did me a lot of favors. I'm, I'm talking, didn't really help me get rodeos. Right. He recommended me one or two. He said, if you keep them, you keep them. You know, you're good enough, you'll keep them. But he did a lot of favors on making sure you get a day sheet early, go to the print shop, make sure you get it, do a little homework on it. And with all of that kind of help, that was a big boost. And, yeah. and so I, I owed Hadley quite a bit in favoritism. And, and he had that one daughter that kind of needed a husband and you know and so uh <laughs> you were 30, such a giver 37 years ago darn near that's when that all happened um, isn't that so cool though yeah, it's crazy it it's crazy how the world works yeah and then we ranched we bought cattle with hadley and and between the two of us somebody's usually home but more often than not maybe not mm-hmm. michelle and and uh did a lot of the cow work and stuff in fact she used to run me off in the spring when i'd come home because she'd have a perfect calf crop going, and I'd lose a calf while I was home or something. <laughs> Screw the whole deal out. But, yeah, but that's kind of that's how I did get started. It was uh, Bill Smith hiring me for that. A couple other guys prior to that, you know, mentioning I should try it. Yeah, I've just uh, been real fortunate, real blessed. Wayne, you never wanted to do radio, or I, I did quite a few ads. I was in Phoenix, and I went uh, to a company that was going to kind of train you up for the radio. Gotcha. And uh, just did nonstop ads every day for six months, something like that. So, uh, yeah, a little bit, not very much. But it wasn't something that you just no. This deal here was just uh, right up my alley. Yeah, right up my alley. And once I started talking to our predecessors, Hadley, Bob Tom, and Zoop Dove, Phil Gardenhire, Randy Corley, uh, and kind of started figuring out the groove, mm-hmm. you know, where to go, what to do. Uh, thank God for those guys who blazed the trail to allow Brad Narducci and Wayne Brooks to go charge enough to make a living, pay the bills, yep. put a few bucks in the bank, yep. and you know because uh, Buy back a trailer in the early, park, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back in the early days, hey, you start know, a gym. Hell, was, well, I'm, I'm part of. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, they you, paid nothing back then, right? You know, so thank God those guys blazed the trail and got us to where we're at today. Well, and, and I'm glad you said that because Randy touched on something too. The guys that have just given an opportunity to somebody else not not handed them rodeos not went out and and done something for them but sometimes i think that's something that we all overlook okay kind of a life lesson here you know we, we all overlook something that we have the opportunity to do and i think it's i think it's our our god-given right and i, I feel like it's our duty to give other people opportunity amen and i think we all yep. take that for granted too often um but we live in an industry where you really don't get into it without somebody kind of giving you an opportunity and, and we're we're all everybody needs help yeah, that's right everybody that's right who was it for you all the above mentioned everybody yeah you bet that whole crew I, you know that's I a pretty damn good list of guys pretty to good get list to help yeah with. if you're gonna steal some stuff and uh use it later on yeah. steal from those guys that's right you know saying so, that's 
uh, something that they all said, you need to find your own way, your own yeah. vibe, your own sound, your own deal. Well, I stole, you know, 20% from Bob and 20% from Randy and same from Hadley and Zoop and Phil and the whole nine yards. So when you combine them all together, you can't go wrong. Those guys are proven, absolutely proven, timeless, Hall of Famers. Right. So if you're going to copy somebody, copy them. Did you ever know or know of Phil Gardenhire? I know of. Oh, I know of. Let me tell and you something. I've heard a million You ought Phil to talk Gardenhire one of the greatest stories. voices. I mean, that guy had a voice that just never hit. Mm-hmm. Never hit. We did. He and I did the first NFR in Las Vegas together. Mm-hmm. Every night, every night, people would come down behind the stand and they go, which one of you has that beautiful voice? And about the fifth time, I turned around. I said, it's him. I said, I'm the one with the talent. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't say anything else well, because yeah. he had a gorgeous yeah. voice. Yeah. He really did. I grew up, uh, we would go to the Lazy Arena all the time. Oh, yeah. And right there in Northeast Oklahoma, I grew up not realizing that it was going to set kind of into motion what I would eventually do for a career. But it was always Clint McSpadden. Yep. And mixed yep. and told a lot of the stories that I was hearing, whether I was paying attention or not, I listened to Clem. And I was a huge pro wrestling fan. And there's a guy named Jim Ross who I've become friends with. And and he was the commentator on pro wrestling. And it was like I was listening to these two great storytellers all the time. And uh kind of like you say, I like to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and find me in the middle of all that. And and so far it's worked. It could have all be gone tomorrow and so be it. Yeah, so I, be it. I think we're all that way. Yep. You know, I used to imitate uh, the chuck wagon racer from up in Canada. Uh, I just went blank. A bit. That's been a long time ago. <laughs> but he used to do the cigarette commercials. I lived in Ennisfail, rode bucking horses up there for a year. And uh, he would do these export, export A. That was a cigarette. He said, for, for export and export A, this is... Jesus, his name's really, he was he's around even when you went. But here you go. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. I used to I used to end every rodeo with this is Randy Corley. It's been a pleasure. Speaking of imitating guys, do you realize how many people try to do a Randy Corley voice? Oh, they need to they need to look a little higher. <laughs> but I, I think I personally I think that when you get to a certain level in this industry, all of a sudden you see guys that are that'll try to do imitations and impressions and you know, you you are a constant, Tallman's a constant, people try to do Wayne, but nobody can even start to get that smooth. But everybody yeah. has a Boyd, everybody has a Tallman and everybody has a yeah. Corley. Yeah. I, I just didn't know if like you I get, didn't I didn't know that. It's I, it's insanity. I've heard uh Taylor's not Taylor Santos, but uh, Lane, yep. Lane Lane Santos Lane. do do uh Bob. Yep. My gosh, if you were if you had your back turned, you couldn't tell which one of them were talking. He is he is so cool. With I that. only bring that up because I think that's I think that's super cool and I feel like that's a pretty I, good I, I think compliment. it's kind of a feather compliment or a yeah. feather in the cap yep. that to know that somebody does that. Yep. I didn't know they did me. I knew they did Bob. They try. <laughs> they try. I try to do me. I'll, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one that I used to listen to when I, you know, started paying attention to voices and communicating when I was younger. Rex Allen. Yep. You know, he did so much Disney stuff and like those Heston commercials during the NFR and mm-hmm. uh, Wiley Coyote comes over the hill. You know that, and then the Heston ninety two ten has a full rotating head, and it's just so resilient and smooth and easy to listen to he was always one of my heroes to just try to be classy like him you know yeah set yourself uh, apart from just a a normal regular everyday joe you've certainly done that Uh, and i hope you realize that no i hope you realize that like when when i walk into an arena or rodeo fans walk into arena and your voice is there there's this whole <sighs> it's a good feeling. We appreciate that. You, you talk about yeah, the truck wagon races. Yeah, I went to Canada, and, and this is again. I'm not. I'm not here to kiss your ass or any of that stuff. But a compliment because the day I walked into Calgary, I was completely mind blown at the enormity of that entire event. Yeah, and you immediately said, "Come here." And took me in and said, I want to show you this, or I'll show you this, or you got to do this. And and I just, I don't know that I've ever said how much I appreciated that. So I, I do, I appreciate it. 
You you old farts keep bringing us young guys. Around. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's the, there's a lot of us. I really way, appreciate. I to show it. you that I've just not lost my mind. Yeah, Joe Carberry. Oh, okay, that's right. that was uh, the chuck wagon racer when I Absolutely. was up there. Joe Carberry for you export could, and export a. It's you could been work a in the current administration. Just circle back to it. That's all you got to do. That, that's all you got to do. I got to do. There's yeah. the horn and they're off. They're off in the infield. <laughs> Is there wheel to wheel, steel to steel? Yeah. Was there ever a job now, other yeah, than rodeo, other than rodeo, that you you found yourself announcing and you look back now and go, "Did I really do that?" Because there's a couple of things that I've done that I'm like, "Oh, did really?" Just kind of random the jobs that I did back. Well, uh, announcing, announcing announcing gigs because uh, now guys, if they want to be a rodeo announcer, they'll go pick up a microphone and, and do anything they can to just try to, you know, get the mic time. Was yeah, there anything? And, and that's what they ought to do. I mean, yep, I've absolutely. told so many young guys find a nightly rodeo, yep. spend a summer doing a nightly rodeo because your clown power is probably not going to be real good. You're going to have to do a lot of things on your own, yeah. and uh, I think it's the best thing you can do. But no, I can't. I think I'm pretty thankful for everything I did. Is it all we've been just rodeo? I did. I'll tell you what. One of the best things, though, um, in Iowa, uh, T.J. Walters' brother had a stock contracting company, Johnny Walters, and I go do that, and I get there, and they, I said, "Where's the announcer stand? That flatbed, mm-hmm. like an old hay trailer, mm-hmm. that had the axle, had the wheels off of one side, so it set on a tilt. I had a podium on that." A podium that stood up in the air. I mean, you know, like like a preacher might stand at, and it's raised in the front. That thing tilted so bad that it's it's. I'd lay my pencil on it, roll off the front of it. You know, and I'm going, "Holy cow!" Maybe I shouldn't have come to this one, but it was good. And Johnny Walters was a wonderful person. I uh, I announced on a flatbed trailer one time. The only time I've ever been knocked completely unconscious. Oh, it was a great. What happened? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> we got to hear it. We were in uh, Lewiston, Lewiston, Idaho. Yeah, and we're yeah. working a bullfighters only event, yeah. and we're we're on a flatbed, and at the front of the flatbed they had set up like a sports desk. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. They were doing some pre-show stuff. Matt was going to be on TV, so they're setting up for that. They're going to do a little opening, and then we were going to come back and do the bullfight. So <laughs> Matt's sitting up on the sports desk, and it's on this flatbed trailer, but the sports desk is probably 12 inches off the flatbed, okay? So they're on a riser. Right. And so Matt goes right to up sc- next to a prefer arena. <laughs> this like dip- right up next to it. <laughs> this dipshit goes to scoot his chair back. And he fell off the back of it. Holy cow. Off the riser. Yeah, off the riser, hits his head off the fence, and he's on the ground. And I mean, sleeping. Holy oh, my cow. gosh. No oh, kidding. And, and we're less than three minutes from showtime? No, nah, it's probably five. Five, maybe. So we, we wake him up, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's going, get away from me. Everybody get away from me. Get away from me. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with him? I said, you okay? Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Well, I ended up on my hands and knees. And I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't see anything. Everything was dark. And all I could hear was chatter. And I just wanted everybody to leave me alone so I could figure out where I was at, get my bearings, and know if I needed to fight my way out of this situation, Yeah, where I was. And so I just immediately went into that mode of just like, get away from me. Leave me alone. <laughs> so he's got a total concussion, and it, it's, it's showtime. Yeah. And we get ready to start. And he looks at me, and he says, tell me what to say. And I go, what? He goes, well, what are we doing? I don't even know what the hell we're doing. So the whole opening, I'm telling him what to say, and he's just—he's so smooth. He's just rolling it off like, Perfect. like it's no big deal. Perfect. So anyway, I, I should get a lot of credit for his career. Yeah, right? I, I, I was going to jump in and say that too. <laughs> yeah. but hey. I still, to this day, don't remember any of that. I—I I don't remember. I don't remember the bullfight. I remember like crowning the champion at the end of the show, and that's that's about it. Yeah, that's crazy. It was it was wild. What well, and to, and to come full circle with you bragging on our accomplishments and what we've done, you've done well. I mean, you've developed yeah, your own persona, and I'm sure your listeners have already uh, heard stories from you and about you and things. But you've done great. I it's not lucky. an easy industry. Timing is a big part of it, and how you grow to become. Fluent at what you do. It's not easy. I tell my dad that I was the best son he ever had because I'm obviously I'm the only kid. Uh, (laughs) But I always tell him I was a good kid because I listened to him. He told me when I was a kid that I better make a living with my mouth because I damn sure wasn't going to work for it. (laughs) And so here we are. Fast forward. Here we are. And here we are. What about you? Did you ever do any of those events that you're like, 
that that wasn't rodeo that you look back and go, man, that's kind of crazy. Not really. You know, uh, one of my first gigs was a USTRC team roping. Yeah. And it was in Albuquerque. I was living in Phoenix. I got on an airplane with a clean shirt and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a shaving kit. Went over there for a day or two and made 500 bucks. And yeah. Come home and thought, yeah. that's the easiest money I've ever made in my life. Could Stupid, not believe it? it. Could <laughs> not believe it. And then, you know, spent a year in Cody at the night rodeo, spent a year in Steamboat at the night rodeo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's a great book, and I'll think of the author here in just a moment, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. Love his books, love his writing. And he's got a book with a chapter in there. It's called The 10,000-Hour Rule. Mm-hmm. And he's proven, the, you know, the Elvis Presleys, the uh, Beatles, uh, the Apple guy and you know, computer people and super duper CEOs, they were not overnight successes. None of them. They all had 10,000 hours in the bag by the time they, ta-da, all of a sudden became this huge star or this huge Overnight success in 16 years. You know, they all had 10,000 hours. And so, you know, when we do talk to younger guys like Anthony Lucius that's parked eight feet away from us right here, uh, that's one of the things that I always try to remind them. It's not overnight deal. Nope. It's not a. Nope. It's not a race. It's a marathon. There's a lot of eager out sprint. there. Sprint. Oh, yeah. Like everybody wants to get to the finish line right now. Everybody oh, absolutely. Wants to get to the top. Absolutely. Right now, instead of just enjoying the process, and that's what I've tried to train my mind to do is just, you know what, stop and just enjoy the process and enjoy the hustle, and and not try to get too far ahead of everything. There's enough success for everybody. It's just get your oh, piece yeah. of it. When oh it comes. yeah. And it'll come to It'll you. come. Just it'll be cut. patient. That's, you know, like Anthony getting the American this year. Uh, awesome. Awesome. You yeah. bet. You bet. It comes along. You know, when I went to broadcast school in Seattle, I made a mistake. i got to be honest. Yeah. I could have traded careers. There were about three guys hanging out with some little electric boxes and soldering kits and stuff. One of them was Bill Gates. One of them was uh, Paul, the one the Seahawks, his partner. That developed Microsoft. Really? Yeah. They were yeah. Oh, just yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. at that time, the hippies of Seattle. And and see, and, uh, you're sitting in San Antonio in a snowstorm with Wayne Brooks and Brad Narducci. I, How much better did your life turn out than theirs? It there? just couldn't get better. So much yeah. better. Yeah. yeah cor- hey, they've got to watch what they say. Yeah. Not me. Worry about what to buy next. Yep. It's just, you, didn't make a, to- you didn't make a little mistake. You made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have found out I didn't know anything about electronics any more than I, I do today. I don't think they do either. Well, I don't think they do either. <laughs> you could yeah, yeah. have showed them your homemade radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't homemade. It was a dang transistor. Did you ever see one of those? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) You probably don't. I don't. (laughs) We used to use smoke signals, so yeah, we didn't have that. What was I thinking? (laughs) Anything that you didn't do that you wish you would have? I say that like it's over tomorrow. I mean, mean, anything you haven't done. I had a chance to do Cheyenne. I did one year. I did the front end at Cheyenne. They had me come over there. Then they called me when Chuck Parkinson died. And I was in North Platte, but I was headed to Monta Vista that weekend. And I said, I can't, guys. I mean, I, I grew up in Wyoming. Right. How, how great would that have been to be at right. Cheyenne? But I couldn't do it because I was, you know, I told Monta Vista I'd be with them and had been for a few years. And, uh is your phone going to make noise too? Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe maybe that wishing that I would have just to say, I mean, I did the front end, but the thing I did tell him, I said, you know what? In the middle of the summer, I know a guy that hasn't had a day off for 20 years. I said, and he's sitting right up the house from me about a quarter mile away. I Hadley Barrett's open. Hadley went and finished the weekend. And then had about a 20-year stay at Cheyenne. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it, it was cool. Yeah. And, and Hadley was the guy that they needed right. at that time. I, I believe God does things the way it's meant to 100%. be. 100%. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 100. Even when we think it's backwards, it's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, you learn later. You learn. His plan. You realize. What about you, Brooksy? Mm, you, gosh. You, I mean, there, I, and that's, it's a tough question because you guys have done so much. I mean, you really have. Like, you've done you, – you both have done – Everybody else's bucket list. You know that, right? Like like every announcer on their way up 
or thinking about it like you guys have done the bucket list we have just been blessed. I mean, you got to be a believer. You got to have faith. And uh, what's well, supposed you gotta to have happen will. Too. Let's, let's, and, not, let's not be too humble. <laughs> well, we got to have talent. There, there's the, what Randy said, and there's a lot of truth in, you know, a half a dozen of those things. And Randy's involved in one of them where you're offered a job, you can't go, you're booked yep. somewhere else, you may not be wanting to go, or you do want to go, or whatever the case may be, and you just can't. You got to stay true. And uh, it's integrity. I believe it works it out is. in the end. Not enough it of that is. floating around anymore. Yeah. I believe it works yeah. out in the end. It works out the way it's supposed to. So, no, it's been awesome. We've been blessed, and my goodness, uh, I never thought in a million years, ninety-two, ninety-three, that uh, twenty-eight years ago, when I got my card, that I'd be where I'm at today, yeah. or, or have the jobs that I've had. Uh, oh, or had the income. I had faith in you. <laughs> Hadley and Randy signed for me too, so that's uh, that that helped a little bit. Isn't too. that so cool? Yeah, like like for me to go back and and Clem be kind of the guy that took me under yeah, under his wing. Exactly. And say, hey, and I look and back. He was now, a legend. I mean, oh my god! People who oh. don't know Clem McSpadden don't know what a legend yeah. he was. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and it was great for me because I would go sit in his office and he, I'd say I'd just beg him, give me advice, give me advice, give me advice. Finally, one day he said, you know what? Take pictures. Just take a lot of pictures. <laughs> and I, I went, what? That's and he terrible said, advice. I, he said, take pictures. Take pictures everywhere you go. You bet. Everybody you work with, all your friends. Might not mean a whole lot to you in your lifetime, but to your kids, to your grandkids, to your nieces and nephews. Like It'll mean the world for them to look back and go, yep. man, Grandpa knew so-and-so. And, and like I got to imagine you're at a point where this career has lasted that you look back and go, man, you know, I got to do some really, really cool stuff. I I'm there. Yep. And I feel like yeah. I'm yeah. like you guys just getting started. I am seat a deal for uh, president Reagan. One time you lucky bastard. North Platte, Nebraska had it. They, he was really? doing the heartland tour is what he called it. And our mayor there, they said, why do you think he chose North Platte? And he said, well, probably because we're the only little town in the Midwest that has an airport big enough to land air force one. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said a million things that would have sounded better for North Platte. Anything. Yeah. But now, anyway, but it was pretty cool. To, I was out there early in the morning. They had all of the uh, guard dogs, the, the bomb dogs, and yeah. all of that. First place I ever went through a metal detector. Really? Right there. Yeah. So then when they let the dogs go, they said, you might want to get in uh, one of their buses, they said, because, you know, these dogs aren't totally friendly. They didn't have to ask me twice, but that was cool to get to do that. Yeah. And, I, and you asked a while ago about on the other side of the spectrum, you do something that you wish would have never happened. Yeah. And something came to my mind and it really wasn't announcing, but I was in radio there in North Platte, had just done the NFR, came home and they had the Chicago knockers coming to town. Mud wrestling. Oh, okay. <laughs> ladies. No, ladies. Now we're talking. And they're, 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 <laughs> All of a sudden, Brad just woke they up. Hey, we're blonde and built to last. And I get back, and uh, the boss says, guess what? I said, what? He said, you are the feature match. I said, what do you mean I'm the feature match? He said, they always have somebody from the town. They bring into the ring, and they, they tag team two of them. Oh, we'll wrestle you. God. So I had to go out a little early to, to meet with them about rules or something and i go out and they said they're right in here in the dressing room i walked in there in panties and bras and, and they are gorgeous women and they said uh, you know here's chrissy chrissy is one of the girls you'll be wrestling and if you're thinking about grabbing the parts you shouldn't she has a black belt in karate and she'll break your arm <laughs> i said i ain't grabbing nothing <laughs> I said, but yeah we got into a mud pit <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to touch the girls because one of them's going to break my arm. Right. Yeah, whatever. And if you don't defend yourself, they're probably going to break your arm. Oh, yeah. They're going to break my arm anyway. So we go through the first two-minute period, and, and I wrestled a little in high Wait, school. how long is this damn thing? The, it's a, it's a six-minute match. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're tag team. So I start with one of them, and uh, we go through the first two-minute period, and they've just had me under mud where I thought I was going to drown, and I go out and I got a bucket you can stick your head in and wash the mud off your face. And the head gal comes over. She says, you're not wrestling. I said, I'm afraid to touch him. She said, no, go wrestle. So, you know, they started like we're opposite sides of the mat and whistle blows and here we come. So I threw a fireman's carry on, on, uh, on this girl, slammed her on her back. 
the, she never tagged the other girl. That was a cheat. That other girl jumped on my back. One of them had me down f- flat on my belly in the mud. One of them was bending my leg around, and the other one has got me by my hair, slamming my face in the mud. And I, that is, uh, you know, if there's one thing I wished I'd have never done, I didn't <laughs> really want it. I, I really wanted to do it, not wanted, really didn't want to do it to start with. And I left there really not ever going to do it again. <laughs> Somewhere in a faraway town. There, Michelle was there watching it. She thought, oh, those, wait, those were ladies you are, at the time? No. Those no. ladies are listening. Huh? They're listening. They yeah, probably are. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember they that got their guy. Grand, they got their grandkids yeah. gathered around. Yeah. Her, her name really wasn't Chrissy. I just said that to protect her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a bad episode the of Chicago, Married with Children. Oh, that was good. The Chicago Human. Knockers. The Chicago Knockers. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have asked for a custom jersey. I'd still have it. Yeah, guys should have. <laughs> no, I didn't no want to see him. No big mud wrestling stories, Wayne? No, no, no big mud wrestling stories. But I will go back when I was laughing at <laughs> Clem's advice to you because uh, the very first pro rodeo I ever did was with Randy. And he said, and I'm like you, I'm like, oh, give me some advice. I need help. What do I need to do? Which, where do I need to go? He said, a couple of days in advance, I'm going to give you the best advice you ever had. I'm like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I need it. Yep, just wait. I'll tell you. So a day or two goes by. I'm like, oh, but I've got a notepad. I'm ready. This is going to be the greatest information I've ever heard to help carry me into this career. Because yeah. he's so successful. He said, you ready? Here's, here's the advice. I said, you bet. I'm ready. And like like I said, I've got my pen ready. He said, be a nice guy to everybody and do the best job you can do, and you'll be successful. And I walked away and said, that's the worst advice I've ever heard in my life. That's terrible. That is terrible. That is not good advice at all. But you learned. Best advice I ever had. That's right. And it, It's that simple. 20 years later, I knew that. It, yeah. The next day, I thought, that was stupid. Yep. But it's best advice. I had a really good conversation <laughs> with a young man last night, a music guy. Um, and, and that's what the whole conversation was about. It's like, you know, I spent a lot of my early part of my career trying to be cool, trying to be right what I thought everybody wanted me to be. And I realized at a point in my life that, you know what, I'm just going to be the man that God created me to be, flaws and everything. And I'm going to be very content and happy in being that guy and not care what everybody else thinks. And I'm happier today than I've ever been in my life. It's weird how that works. I'm happier going to work. I'm happier going home. It's just, it's amazing. And, and when you treat people the way you're supposed to. Biggest thing you can do. It's not. Greatest thing. You, you get it back. Do. It's crazy how easy uh, it is. works like a charm. But Shockingly. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> if we could get that through Brad's thick head. Well, I know. I'm trying to talk to that him. That size eight and three quarter head. That yeah. Got. Seven and three quarter. Uh, yeah. Oh, three come quarters. on. It's got to be at least an eight. No, it's, it's not. We had a kid in Lusque, Wyoming in high school that had a football helmet size eight. And he wasn't but about my height. And his head was not as big as yours. When I was in seventh grade, they had to go to the high school to get me a helmet. Well, I believe it. Hoss caught right. <laughs> and they had to go to college to get you a jersey. Yeah, that's right. How big were you? How big were you in seventh grade? I don't know. 6'2", 180. No, I don't know. You shrunk. Remember. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Hoss Cartwright wore an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Oh How do you know that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> useless information. Don't ever let facts get in the way of there a good story. Go. <laughs> there you go. It all circles back. Useless to information. It. I've got a ton of it. I, isn't that weird? <laughs> Over the course of time, like there's some random things in my head that I'm like, where did that come yeah. from? I don't know if I made it yeah. up or heard it along the way, but either way, some good stories. All right. If you weren't doing this, if you were 22 years old and could do anything in the world other than this you wanted to, what would it be, Wayne? Golly, you know, I don't have any idea. No idea. It's just this has been a dream come true. I was in the construction business, and uh, when I was 18, I went to work for a big construction company in Arizona and started out doing the worst jobs in the world and then worked up and uh, ended up finishing. Randy always calls it laying bricks, but it was finishing concrete. And then worked into where I was batching concrete and uh, as a supervisor and as a service guy. And uh, so it worked out good but that was just more than anything people skills rather than talent being able to work with people you know so i'm sure i'd still be in the construction business at some level maybe with my own you know company today or not you know sure building uh trailer parks yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's right (laughs) oh wait a minute you are (laughs) (laughs) i hear they're booming yeah what about you 
Ride bareback horses like really? Joe Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I couldn't ride them just like Joe, I wouldn't even want to be doing it. Right. I've done it. No. No, I don't know. I don't know. I was, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and when yeah. Jim Ivory walked up and said, you ought to try announcing rodeos. There's a little light went on in my head. And I thought, you know, I can work in radio somewhere and go do some rodeos, little rodeos here or there or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my, I didn't have lofty goals in yeah. it at the start. But uh, things just fell into place. Can I tell you guys my dream job? And I didn't. What always, is it? I didn't what always it? realize it was my dream job. I would want to be the head coach of the Chicago Knockers. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what your dream. Now job. I know. Yeah. There you go. There and I'm going to go seek out and try to put a resume together and see if yeah. we can. That's a dying industry that needs a little life yeah, put back into it. Needs to be it. pumped back up. The mud wrestling. Mud wrestling leagues need to start back up. <laughs> yeah, either that or a roller derby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you remember? Did you watch that on TV? Like back oh, yeah. in the day, I, I remember seeing. it. I feel like kids have gotten cheated out of, of one of the greatest things ever on television. It. I know it. Them women would beat the hell oh, out of each other. Good. They want to go to pass, and it would bam. And they, and yeah. I mean, elbow right in the cheek, and if and they put it on TV today, straight back. Everybody would complain. Oh yeah. It, yeah, oh yeah. It never They'd be worked. Hated too much violence. Do you guys ever think about that? Oh yeah. Do you think about the things that you say and and, and worry about you know offending people? Absolutely, and and you know we could <laughs> we could uh, in the rodeo business because we're not pro football or pro right. basketball. We can kind of get it with murder. Yep, always have had because our fans understand. Our yeah. fans are real human beings. Yep, but it, but 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 they're getting you know the liberals are and and God bless them for coming to the rodeo. Absolutely, yeah. I mean it takes everybody to make fans. Yep, but we will be called on the carpet. Yeah, uh, yeah. more so. That's uh, that's what yeah. I love about look and. You know, take letters out of the equation, whatever. That's what I love about my job with the PBR is we go to places like New York City, Los Angeles, um, Dallas, different places like that, especially New York City, where when you – I'll stand and watch people walk through a gate sometimes, just kind of off in a corner and watch the people that are on the concourse. They don't look like quote-unquote rodeo fans. Nope. And I love that. I love that because – they're not what we would expect, but they love something about this lifestyle, something about cowboys, cowgirls, this way of life. They, they just, they cling to it. There's something special about what we get to do. There really is. A lot of special yeah. things, but that's, one of them is the lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and, and if you kind of flip that coin over, you, you can go two different directions on that because it's the same reason why people cheer after we pray. Yep. Absolutely. Every day. Yep. Uh, you know, people are scared to pray. There's so many different denominations and religions and beliefs. And, well, we just pray like we pray, and that's people right. appreciate it. And that's great. And then on the other side of the coin, Bob Tallman in Reno, Nevada, <clears throat> could say some of the most outlandish, crazy, wild, off-the-wall, unbelievable stuff. And he could run for mayor today and win. Isn't that crazy? Because they love him. Because he does say what he thinks. Back to your what you just said. Greatest thing I'll ever do in my career. It's not a buckle. It's not a venue. It's not an event. Greatest thing I'll ever do in my career. Bucket list thing that I never, I get get chills thinking about it. Never thought it was a bucket list thing. But on a national day of prayer, I got to give the invocation that got broadcasted live on CBS network television. Wow! And I thought, you know what? Like, when they told us before the show, hey, we're going to take the prayer to TV, I was like, man, that's cool. And it's a national day of prayer. I got thinking back to the, that night when I got back to the hotel. And I sat there and I got emotional. And I was like, man, I just got to do something. I got to pray on national television. Millions and millions of people. However many yeah, people yeah, were yeah, watching. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I never thought that was possible. That's yeah. the coolest thing I'll ever do. And and still to this that's day, huge. It is. That's Isn't that huge. cool that we we can still do that? We can yep. still sing the anthem. We can still pray. God bless America. Oh, God bless our industry. Mm-hmm. I, I truly wholeheartedly mean that. Guys, um, anybody you look back and you go, man, I'm really, really glad I got to meet that person or glad I got to to be around. I mean, I know we've we've talked about the obvious and the guys that that we all and myself included that we look up to. Guys like Randy, guys like Bob, you know, uh Hadley, you know, Liam, those guys. So much advice and help from all the above mm-hmm. that we've talked yeah. about. But also the Liesel Harrises yeah. of the world. Yeah. 
yeah uh clowns and contract acts and tommy lucia and uh you know all of those guys that had years and years and years of experience under their belt that would say you know you did that good mm-hmm. but try this yeah. do this a little different try that and you'll be better and it's going to sound better and it's going to be better and without those i'm sure none of us would be here yeah exactly they were that always always good if you're willing to listen uh to what the clown wants to do especially the ones that were the icons of the early days of it they're willing to ask you or t- you know tell you kind of what they'd like and if you did your best to try to do it for them uh they became your friends pretty fast and they enjoyed having you at a rodeo and, and that's a nice that's a nice feeling when you pull in and and you would pull up next to Liesl, or you would pull up to, gee, I'm, you know, there's so many in the early days that I even got to know before they retired, but any one of them, and they get out, and, hey, kid, nice to have you here, you know, that, that cool? type of deal. That was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to put you on spot. Advice, before we wrap it up here. Advice, just in general. Doesn't have to be for an announcer, just just the next generation. Gosh, you know, I think just back to what we talked about a minute ago, Glim's advice to take the pictures was great. Randy Corley's advice to uh, be a nice guy and do the best you can. You can't go wrong. That's the best advice in the world. And I think uh, something that you alluded to, just be happy with where you are and what you have. And I think this pandemic has really, really put a spotlight on that. Uh, It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have. And even if you don't have much, it's what you do have. And it's okay. Be thankful for it. So... That uh, spotlight of the pandemic has really opened a lot of people's eyes to, we don't have that big house on the hill, but it's okay. Yep. We've got food in the table and on the table and money in the bank and she's be happy. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Randy. I think just what I told Wayne, you know, 30 years ago and I tell, I, I met a young bareback rider two years ago and well, what a good guy it was and, you know, and he goes, so what do you have any advice for me? I said, just be good to people, yep. no matter what you do. I said, if you don't ride bareback horses very long, whatever you do. But for anybody going into any field, uh, I told my daughter, she's a dentist. I said, be nice to your clients. Be nice right. to people. Right. I said, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And I believe you, we're put on this earth for three things, to glorify God, yep. to be the best version of ourselves we can be, and to help other people. And the most fundamental way to do all three of those is exactly what you just yeah, said. Yeah, and Just don't, be a good person. Don't ever Absolutely. purposely hurt anybody. Yep. You know, I mean, that's, even if it's your worst enemy, yep. it's, you know, it doesn't do any harm to them and it only harms you. Yeah. And even in our, our, our worst times, every day is an opportunity to get better. What about you, big guy? advice yeah, come on lay, cool. lay the good stuff in this thing can, with with the best can we spend possible. 60 seconds bragging on brad uh, we can oh, spend boy. we can spend a whole episode we just on this we just right ran out of time what we a great this. No. great no. great great talent he is and fresh and new and yep. young and healthy and vibrant and raring to go and and a great teammate being as what we're talking about right he here being good yeah. to people yeah um He's just brought a whole new level of excitement and professionalism to this event, I, as well as many of them that he, I'm sure he I first to. met Brad two years ago at a bullfight in Puyallup, Washington. Mm-hmm. They brought it. We had it on a Monday night right after the rodeo, and they said they got their, they've got their whole crew. Shorty Gorham and everybody came up. And uh, so I got introduced to Brad. He's going to do the music. And uh, I, I knew within 30 minutes I knew I, I knew we were going to have him here. Was it here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Knew we were going to have him here. In fact, I called Darcy and I said, "I think you've picked a really good guy." But uh, knew we were going to have him here, and uh, I just knew immediately that he, the way he worked with people, the way he listened to what an announcer is doing, the way when he came in with music, he had enough power in that music that it did what it's supposed to do. It wasn't underplayed, uh, but he didn't overplay you. Yep. Uh, and, and was just like he said a minute ago, a great teammate. And he plays good dance music when the announcer's dancing. There's, there's so many incredibly talented music guys in our Very industry. Much. Very much. There really is. Yeah. But, and, and I'm going to say this because he's one of my dearest friends, and I hate that he's going to hear this, <laughs> but it's right there. It's the guy inside, yeah. How, yeah. who he is as a human, that's going to set him apart, you know, and, and like, like so many in, in our industry, you know, being good human. Will will certainly be remembered more than than most talent. 
Probably, probably more so than even the great job he does. More so than how good he works. Yeah, is what a good person he, gets by. he is. Yeah. He really, yeah, he kind of sucks yeah. if you want the truth. But this big head ain't gonna fit out the door now. Anyway, you <laughs> don't get to talk anymore. You don't get to talk. <laughs> hey guys, seriously, uh, Wayne, thanks for opening up your home to us. Yo, love it, Randy. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, you guys have no idea how much this means. I mean that. So thank, thank you. you guys. Thank, thank you for having us. Very much. Thank you, Brad. Um, thanks for nothing. You got it.